Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Bloody bet your bottom dollar, it's back chat. That's right. Oh, you like went it. off the bat with that. That's tough. Powered by Fleet Network. Back chat brought to you um, in the best way possible by a great company in Fleet Network. Thank you. If you are in the market for a new car, make mm. sure you go see the guys down at Fleet Network, fleetnetwork.com.au. We're here with another current former. Uh, another current former. We're here with the current <laughs> West and, Coast yeah. Eagle. Yeah, sure. And former Brisbane, Brisbane Lion, Lion, Alex Witherden. Thanks, mate. It's good to see you've delisted me already. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. Um, I should have said former Geelong College. Oh, true. Right? Yeah. We'll right. So we're getting into that. We get the Geelong boys mm-hmm. on here. Look after them. Look, Willow, as we know, um, and I and I, I do have a couple of birdies telling me you're a bit of a back chat fan. So I hope you know what's coming here, mate. We know we know what you've done. You've been a high draft pick. You've been at two clubs. You've gone to Brisbane. You've gone to West Coast. You've been Dual rising star nominee, I believe, unless that's made up. Seven goals in a, in a grand final. Mate, he's even captain of the Geelong college true. team, right, which is huge, the Pegasus. But I will start with the question we ask everyone. We don't care, okay? We want to know what your greatest sporting achievement is not on the football field. We know you're a good footballer. We know you can kick the footy. We know you're a backman. They're ticking a lot of boxes. I'm here to tell you that. But we want to know your greatest sporting achievement not on the football field. As you mentioned, I have listened <laughs> to the in. odd back chat podcast over the time. I do I do like your work, Scoey. Um, and Dan. And Dan. Yeah. Uh, not that you're a Freya supporter, though. Um, Correct. He's not a Freya supporter, so he doesn't, he's, not, he's not a Freya supporter. Oh, I thought you were a Freya supporter. No, he's a massive West Coast nuffy. Oh, no, and I like to get at um, female supporters as well online. Cool. Well, yes. I'm going well then. Uh, but my biggest sporting achievement, not related to footy, was 12 years old. Um, played in a McDonald Hoops state basketball grand final before the New Zealand Breakers Melbourne Tigers game at uh, what's that old stadium they used to play at um, in Melbourne in Carlton somewhere. No, nah, nah. played there. Curtain raiser in a curtain raiser and won the state basketball grand final. So not much of a That's hooper, big. but my team was pretty good. So got carried along. So role did you play in that team? Uh, I was I was the point guard, so I dribble the ball, but I just pass it. So I'd dribble it down the court and be a bit of a distributor, sort of the way I played my footy, um, but couldn't shoot. Um, 
couldn't defend any of that sort of stuff. But so that's not that's not how you play your footy. Yeah, yeah. But just got the ball up, distributed off, gave it to the shooters, and, and did my thing. So. so you're a playmaker. You don't talk back down. It's a vital piece of the cog. Yeah, it's a basketball impo- team. It's important. It's important. Mm. So right um, we haven't had yeah. many basketball related achievements. No, no. We like it. Yeah, love it. It's not the best, but we like it. You're state I was, champion. I, I was part of a team. I was state champion. Still got a state champion medal at home. So did you get um, to? Did you hang out with the like breakers and stuff afterwards? Did they. No, nah, we got to like high five the Melbourne Tigers players as they ran out onto the pretty field, good. and they were a pretty big deal back then. They used to be. They used like, to be what year would that been? Leonard Copeland, twenty ten. <laughs> that's, that's early days. Twenty ten. Mm, I couldn't even remember a twenty ten player from the Tigers. Then. They were they were pretty good. Yeah, like late two thousands. Yeah, um, early two thousand. Post Gazy era. Yeah, mm. yeah. With what car are you driving right now? So car are you driving? I am driving a Toyota Hilux. So, look, I think you can probably upgrade. That's just my opinion. Backchat powered by Fleet Network, right? They can sort you out in that regard. I want to know what sort of car you drove as, a, you know, your first car. What was your first car? Toyota Hilux. <laughs> Is same, that it? No, nah, it's not the same one. It's a different one. Um, my old man had a has a, has a building company in Geelong, um, Chambray Building Co. So Shout if out. You're, if you're in Geelong and – Need someone to build your house. There you go. There you go. But um, they had a lot of utes, <laughs> a lot of utes uh, in the family. So just got one off my off my folks to drive around. Uh, birthday in September, so sort of late in the school year. Um, so I had it for about a month or two. Got drafted. Got a few of my first paychecks, and I thought I got this free car. But mum and dad were chasing up the <laughs> the payment for the car pretty quickly. So <laughs> they made pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Good too. on they, they, they were discounted, but. Yeah, I paid for it. No I was, silver spoons in mate, the I was, uh, I was earning enough money to be able to buy my own car. So, Good. Um, they, you know, whether they need the money or not, it's more about setting a precedent. What was your mm. first job then? Were you on the tools? Uh, I, in school holidays, I'd go do some manual labour for my old man. I wasn't very good at Was that your first stuff. job? Yeah. Yeah. That was my only job. Um, <laughs> Did you say you, were, you weren't good at cutting stuff? No, nah, I wasn't good at like, he'd have me, you know, cutting trusses and that sort of stuff and trying to get the right angles and measuring stuff out but i'd be no good so i'd just carry it around and help lift windows and that sort of stuff um Measure long days long days like shout out to all the chippies out there because yeah. they they do it tough and we've got a few waffle eagle players that are on the tools from seven o'clock till four or five then come and train and geez they ha- shout out to them because it's real hard men. work they're real men they're real men yeah now when we have someone coming in we, we do our research gather information and mm-hmm. one of those sources is wikipedia look we're not proud to admit it but it's like it's a free information source i don't like, i don't know what people that yeah, people that shit on wikipedia they're pretenders they're correct they all go to wikipedia but we have a question about your wikipedia page yeah well my mates have been on there frequently <laughs> and edited it so i don't know <laughs> what what do you want to ask about it was it written by your mum because uh, <laughs> it seems very much like you know, very Alex, proud Alex of Alex at this time when he, you know, stood upon. Yeah. Nah, just- so I did a, I did an interview in my draft year with like a young up and coming journalist, like that was sort of doing some draft profiling and that right. sort of stuff. And it felt like a bit of a storytelling yeah. sort of thing. Um, I'm not sure what it says now. It could be different, but I remember looking at it a few years ago because um, my mates were going on there and just putting stupid shit in there. But <laughs> Um, like, it's like a it's it reads hilariously like it's sort of like okay that's real but then there's another line it's like I don't I don't yeah. know if that could have happened like uh, for instance right did you break your leg while you were at Geelong College yeah I did yeah was it Tim Taranto that yeah. fell on your leg yeah it was yeah did you break it in like five different places 
Yeah, six. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, well, six. Okay. So, we'll go back on that. So, that all seems right. Yeah. But then the next line <laughs> is, and Alex used to ride an electric scooter around school because there was no other way to get around. And just the way it's written, I'm like, yeah, it's like real? he felt that that's the, real. Yeah, he felt that there was less weight applied to his legs, so he he jumped on a scooter and he rode around school like yeah. <laughs> so my detail. my leg was pretty fucking sore, like yes. broken in multiple places. Um, so I had to try and keep it elevated. So my old man, uh, Benny Carpenter, uh, went and bought me a dirty grandpa scooter, like one of those scooters that old men ride. Oh, like a, oh, like a gopher. Like gopher. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so much better than yeah. what I imagined in my yeah. head. Yeah, so like one of those like old people scooters, <laughs> he built like this little rail onto it so I could ride with my leg elevated <laughs> at all times. Oh my. So that stopped the swelling. So I'd ride around school. Um, that's amazing. And like have my leg elevated, sit in class. Like I wouldn't sit in a chair, I'd just sit on my scooter. And do, <laughs> and do, like, have a horn on do it. Do my school. It had, had a horn on it, had everything. Oh, like brilliant. went pretty quick. And I lived... Um, Scully would know, but there's a pub just down the road from Geelong College called The Diggers. Diggers. So I lived on Skeen Street. So it's, you know, 200 metre commute to school. So I'd just ride my scooter in the middle of the road up there. Cars that would wait for me. That is so good. Did you have to wear a helmet? Nah. Did you nah. have a flag? Did you have an orange flag? Nah, I didn't flag? have a flag. Basket? But yeah, I had a basket. Yeah, I'd put all my, like, books and computer and, and everything. What colour was it? I want to know so much. It was red. Yes. I've got a photo of me on it somewhere. Okay, um, you'll be submitting that for our socials. But I, uh, I remember in my draft year, I had a Channel 9 come around and they um, they were doing, like, the draft profile videos. And I wish I had the footage, but they got me, like, driving around corners and, like, <laughs> I'd be, like, doing, like, a little skid into, like, a little mud patch. And <laughs> I, I just got, you know, when you're young and you just get sucked into doing stuff that you just wouldn't do now. But So, um, so this happened in your draft year? Yeah, so I think it was four weeks into my draft year. I broke my leg, didn't play again in my draft year at all. So, wow. um, yeah, it was pretty challenging. So that was Geelong College, Geelong Falcons. You're a Geelong boy, as I've sort of bounced yeah. around a little bit. Um, that's 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 uh, Mick Turner Footy Factory for those playing alone at home. Um, you played some time with Newtown and Chilwell, St. Joey's. Yeah, but you played a couple of games with Newtown and Chilwell. Zero games for Newtown. Okay, thank you very much. Played Wikipedia. <laughs> Newtown and Chilwell a fair bit. Okay, so you're St. Joey's. I was Newtown and Chilwell. I just sort of bringing us together here, Dan. There is some yes. yeah. allegiances that we share. So you play through Falcons as a junior yep. and college footy. So you balance between those. And then you draft year as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old. 18-year-old, yep. You break your leg. So I'm assuming given the fact you went a pick uh, 23, you must have been a higher prospect than that to no, play no footy and then to go at 23 after that. Yeah, well, I mean, you never know like how the year's going to go. But yes. I was part of like the – AFL Academy at the end of my 17th year. So that's the AIS AIS, essentially, yeah. Went to America at the end of that uh, the preseason of my 18th year, um, which is pretty good. So, What sort of names, who, who was on that with you? Uh, McCluggage, Berry, who I got drafted with to Brisbane. Yep. Um, Powell Pepper, Bose, um, Waterman, Rotham um, were both there. Jake Waterman and... Josh, Josh Rotham, Rotham. yeah. Huh. Jai Simkin, Will Brody, Ben Ainsworth. Right, so that's your draft class, effectively. Yep, yep. So, Good patch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then you go that, you come back to school. Tim Taranto's playing for St. Kevin's. Yep. And what stoppage falls on your leg, breaks your leg. Yep. So I was playing as a – so I was a half back in my 17th year. Mick Turner did that with a lot of sort of younger midfielders. So, you know, Darcy Parrish, myself, like sort of did that growing through and then – Came into the midfield in my top age year, uh, played some decent footy the first couple of weeks, then played for college against St. Kevin's. We were down by 80 points at half time. Um, 
and then first stoppage of the third quarter, uh, like got got it off the ruckman's hand, went to like burst out of a stoppage. Um, use the word term burst loosely, but um, <laughs> exploded. Went to run out of the stoppage, um, and he tackled me as I went to sort of pivot, and yeah, just came down on my leg, and it was just like that agony straight yeah. away. And then tried to sort of stand up, realized I was in a bit of pain. Was it like a snapped one? Nah, I, I don't even really know what happened. Like, because after that, I just went into shock. Um, right. So the next like forty five minutes, and then. The person that thought was meant to call the ambulance didn't. So everyone had thought the ambulance had been called, but it hadn't. <laughs> so I was sitting there in like a fair deal of pain for, I think it ended up being like an hour and 20 minutes before the ambulance came and I got taken to the hospital. So wow. um, yeah, it's like that old uh, Spider-Man meme where people are pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like no one knew who was actually meant to have made the call. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tough thing to deal with and you know you're not an AFL player at this stage you're just a you're budding you know, you know might want to play footy you're still studying you're riding around in a gopher yeah <laughs> uh how do you go dealing with that you know do you feel like oh well, dream's over or I don't know what, what are your mindset initial thoughts dream's over um like when I got the news at the hospital they were like oh this is broken pretty badly um so then you have those fears of will I be able to play again like they're like you're going to be putting a big plate in your legs and you just start having all these immediate concerns. But um, credit to most of the footy clubs, like their list managers and recruiters and um, even a couple of coaches just like reached out, sent a message and just said, mate, get your rehab right. Like you're good enough to be playing AFL footy and if you can get your leg right, you'll be, you'll be sweet. So that just sort of shifted my mindset pretty quickly from poor me to then having a focus of, all right, well, if I can get this right, I'll – I'll still get a chance to play AFL footy. So you, you drafted pick 23 to Brisbane. What's your initial reaction? Uh, pretty flat, to be honest. Um, Geelong boy would have loved to stay in Victoria. And this is the thing. So I see a lot of kids these days come out and say they don't want to leave Victoria. They don't want to go into state. And it's it defers teams from drafting them. But mm. it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And the first... You know, a couple of months are always tough when you move away from home, but um, moving to Brisbane was a great experience. And now I'm in bloody Perth. So um, if there are any 17, 18 year old kids listening, just give it a go because you never know how it's going to go. But um, yeah, Brisbane hadn't been very good for sort of eight or nine years. Um, moving up there away from family, it was a bit of a challenge early, but then once I sort of got into it, um, made good mates with like Huey and Bez and Eric Hipwood and a couple of the Reese Matson guys are all around my age and we're able to have a bit of fun and just go and enjoy playing footy. So got to play a bit of senior footy early as well, which helps. Yeah, you came into the team pretty early, didn't you? Yeah, halfway through my first year. So when I got to Brisbane, trained for a couple of months and realised my leg was still pretty sore. So I had to have another surgery. Right. Um, which put me out for another 10 weeks or so. Played two or three Nefal games, did like a five-week hammy, played two or three Nefal games and played AFL um, for the rest of that year, which was good. So was it just like a clean-up or something, surgery or? A tendon got wrapped around a screw Ooh. in my leg, so it was giving me like pretty bad pain. <laughs> Far out. Um, and being like new to a footy club, and I was a shocking runner as well. So I was a bad runner and I was coming off a broken leg. So we'd do like, as first years, do a little bit of training and they'd send us out to the back oval and we'd go and do a fart leg and I'd be like three minutes into this fart leg and my leg would be hurting, but I'd be falling off the pace and they'd be like, 
this bloke's just trying to get out of running. And I'll be like, my leg is my leg is on fire. But they're like, nah, you're just a shit runner. You just got to stick it out. So that probably went on for a couple of weeks where I'm not sure if they believed that my leg was actually sore, but finally got the scans and, um, yeah, then we got surgery and ha- haven't had an issue since. What was it like finding out you were going to debut? <laughs> that was a wild day, actually. Um, my nan, who I was really close with, really close to our family, passed away that morning. Wow. Um, so I sort of got the call from mum, went into went into the club, like got the call as I pulled into the club and then, yeah, went in there, um, tried to, you know, do what I need to do, but obviously I was a little bit flat. So I went home, wasn't sure if I was going to come back for main training and then went and saw Craig Lambert, who was, you know, he uh, used to be the welfare manager at Brisbane and used to be, he went to the Giants and spent a bit of time at the Giants, went caught up with him for lunch and he said just go back to training and help take your mind off it and went back to training and I was playing that day and he knew I was playing um, so that's why he encouraged me to go back but um, yeah and then found out I was playing and yeah it was pretty exciting and it was um, you know a really great day for mum because her mum had just passed away and all that sort of thing and then all the family were on the plane the next day and came over to Brisbane and Got walloped by the Giants by 60 points, but <laughs> still a great experience. Yeah, so do you, do you think your family looks back on that as a real like sort of, you know, not moving on or whatever it is, almost, and I don't think it's fate, but, you know, the fact that you sort of lose something and, and you gain something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But mum, Mum's spoken about that before and it sort of helped helped her through that time because it was really exciting for her and, um yeah, I think she was just so happy in the fact that Nan would have been so happy to see me see me playing. So yeah, um, yeah, there was definitely an element of that. Chris Fagan, his first year, your first year. Yep, is that right? Yep. So I, I hear people speak about him as a father figure. You sort of see how he interacts with players, having no idea what it actually is. Like, what sort of coach is he? Is, is that? Yeah, that- yeah, he was especially in my first couple of years. Like I had a bit of homesickness, sort of in that January period of. So I got drafted in November and that January period was tough as I just had surgery on my leg and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, he'd take me out for coffee and, um, you know, we'd go and chat at the cafe for a couple of hours and he'd be, you know, really good with his time. He'd as get, a head coach? As a head coach, yeah. Is that um, normal? No, not, not in my experience. Yeah, no. I've, he was, I've never had a coffee with Adam Simpson or John Westfall, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, really, he was really giving with his time. Um, and then my first couple of years he would always sort of back me in and um, – no, well, for the guys like myself and Huey and Bez and, and Cam Rainer coming through, he always sort of supported us a lot early days and um, sort of helped get the most out of our, our footy. And some of those guys are doing really good things at Brisbane now. But, um, yeah, I think if you were just a good bloke, worked hard and um, that sort of thing, he would give you a lot of time. And if you weren't a good bloke, then... <laughs> He probably didn't have as much time for you. Uh, again, like this is external, you know, viewing in, inwards. You, you see Fags down on on the bench, like he's down on the bench more than any other coach in the AFL. It, it sometimes looks like he's just like a, a fan down there, like he's just yeah, he's like, very passionate. Yeah, yeah he shows his emotions. Yeah, you think the players respond well to that. Like, uh it can be <laughs> at times. It, like, what's he saying down there? Ah, uh, I can't even really remember, but you know, you. would stuff something up, you'd have a bad contest or you'd kick one straight down the opposition throat and they'd kick a goal, be your turn to rotate and you'd be coming off and you just see his eyes looking at you and you go, fuck. You'd run past him as quick as you could and sit as far away as he could on the bench. But uh, for the most part, yeah, he was really good on the bench. Um, 
really good at communicating and staying involved in the game. You, you obviously see the, the moments where he's really passionate, but that's, you know, 1% of what he does on the bench. So yes. um, the other 99% is really, really positive and helpful. And um, no, nah, he was, he was a really good coach and a really good mentor for the couple of years that I was at Brisbane. And um, yeah, no, nah, I think he's gets the most out of his, out of his players. And he, uh, he probably coaches differently to maybe other head coaches. He, like a real people person and connector of people and um, motivator of the group. And he obviously does a lot of the um, tactic, tactical stuff behind the scenes as well, but he's got like a right-hand man who's Danny Daly at the, at the footy club and he does a lot of that stuff as well. So hmm. um, they work really well together and bounce off each other. So back on your first game, you got the family up from Geelong. Um, you got friends and family there, I'm assuming. You're taking kick-ins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Is that right, Dan? Se- second game, I think. I think. Um, I, I was. I was just looking at looking at your name on Reddit, and someone said that. Um, there was like a question that was like, "Does anyone know of debutants being tasked with the duty of kick-ins on their first game?" And the top comment was Alex Witherden. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I took him maybe in my first game because yeah. that's not normal, right? They don't usually trust like <laughs> a. Yeah, I had we had Daniel Rich down there as well, so. Right. Um, Can kick. Can kick. Uh, it was like, I reckon there was just like a one or two week period where he was just bombing it long every time. So the coaches just decided we want someone who's going to try and kick short. And then I came in and I'll just try and pierce the eyes out of everything. Sometimes look amazing and sometimes didn't. Um, <laughs> Live and die by the sword. Yeah. But so that's probably why I came in and did that. And then over my career, like if Richie was there, he'd take it if he wasn't. Yeah. Do you ever get the the eyes, like give the ball over after kickings? Because I know that's happened to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, not really. Oh, because well, that was a good kid. The difference with those, oh, yeah. with those, a good kid. <laughs> I was always the junior to guys like Richie and Hodgie, so I knew if they if they were there, like I just they take it. Yeah. Um, but if for some reason I thought you know we're just doing the same thing, I'd just go in and just try and change it up and give it a different look. But yeah, uh, sometimes Bunga will give you the eyes. He'll be like, Nah, give it here, mate. Oh, <laughs> this is going long and strong. Um, he can kick the ball a lot further than I can. This is a, this is an insightful question. As a as a backman and someone who takes kick-ins, and if you don't feel comfortable about answering it, I'll give you the answer. But every now and then, do you just maybe take a step out of the square, even though you don't need to? Just to the thing is, I, I think I just nearly step out of the square every time because it's just the way you kick. If you can take an extra three meters to kick the ball yeah. and straighten up. It's just an easier way to kick. Like I reckon, every now and then you can have a one stepper and whatever. But um, early, like when you used to have to kick it to yourself, I reckon you could have kicked it to the same spot sometimes, and then you'd kick it to yourself. So and you'd, the, get, you'd get pressed by the man on the mark, and you just make your job harder. Right. But, but but now you can just wander out. Now, just, now just it's in the not, back of your mind, like look, I've, I've had thirteen touches here. It could easily be fourteen if I take one step outside <laughs> this line. Early days, definitely. I think <laughs> with definitely. those now matured into yeah. uh, an experienced athlete and also an experienced media man, because he's not going to give the answer I want. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you right now, I'll say it with her. Anytime I ever kicked out, I was like, I need, I need to get a. Like, I, this is an easy stat. An easy stat. I'll kick it myself, have a run. I might even get a bounce. I might even put that on the resume as well. <laughs> I might put a bounce on the way out because you don't need to bounce it. Because nah. just think about how far you have to run if you're kicking on, play on. But now you can just run out. I mean, it's very easy to get yourself an extra kick. On the weekend, um, Bunga, I oh, would run to like almost 50 before oh, it even Shannon Hearn, mate. Yeah. I, I, see, I wouldn't be against it just not being a stat, to be honest. 
like great answer. It would just smart. It would get rid of a lot of you know conversations, or, mm. and it would just be like a more holistic, um, statistical point of view for fans and that yeah. sort of thing. Things wouldn't wouldn't be covered up. You know, some sometimes you have guys that, and I've had these games as well where you have t- you actually have eleven touches, but you have ten kickings, so you have you know twenty odd, and it looks good. Yeah, but you haven't really done a lot. Um, there you go. Very good. So now, yeah. Well, uh, th- th- some some people find these very hard to come by. One of them, the Rising Star nomination. Mm. I've got zero. Yep. Widow has two. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. How did you get two of these? I didn't think that was a thing. No, nah, in my first year, so I think you can only play. T- so I played Ten. nine games in my first year. And you got a nomination. Got a nomination against against Richmond. Won the flag that year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so the ball was down your end a lot. So. The ball was down there a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and second year. Second year. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, Hawthorne. It was against Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, second year. Uh, in my, I don't know what. What do game. you get? Do you get something for getting nominated? Get a plaque. Go to the Rising Star Day. So. Um, Any stories from that? Uh, not really. I saw about half the rising star class at a nightclub the night before the rising star. So the boy, that was, that was like when you're 19. Were you just getting um, takeaway fin- food or something there? You went, you went there. Yeah, too, yeah, of course. Yeah. But you're 19, you finish the season. Um, and you know, like what young boys are like, and they're like, oh, we've got a bit of freedom for a week. So back in Melbourne and um, so everyone was pretty excited about that free trip to Melbourne. Um but yeah, it felt like the Brownlow for me because I was sort of in contention to win it, and I think I came third in the end. But wow. a few interviews and stuff around. beforehand, second time around, yeah. Right. So yeah, a bit of an exciting day. You made, you made, you had your second crack at it. Yeah, I have a second crack. I didn't win it either, so that's <laughs> so good. Um, I yeah. like it. Um, I ask about Luke Hodge joining the club because I know you've written about it in the in uh, the past. Um, firstly, actually, I'm going to read you a little bit of something that you wrote um, in an article about this, and it's. Reason why I'm going to read it is because it's sort of relevant to Scoey, and I want you to see if you can pick up. Is on Widow it. writing these articles? This was a like an athlete's voice okay. um, article from quite a while ago. Okay. Yeah, nervous to hear it. Yeah, no, it's not. It's nothing about you. It's, it's just it's great. Uh, it says I'd watch plenty of YouTube clips from um, the Line in the Sand game against the Bombers and others, but probably my most enduring memory of Hodgie as a young bloke was heading out to the 2015 Grand Final and watching him kick the banana from 40 meters out on the boundary against West Coast. Is that right? He gave it the big pump up afterwards, and mm. from that moment, you knew Hawthorne winning the flag. Mm. Did you? Yeah. What good. do you remember about? I had a pretty good view of that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really good view. I um, <laughs> effectively like tore three ligaments in my ankle about four seconds prior to that as Hodgie palmed me to the ground and with I was standing in the crowd clapping on like this. Yeah. I was on the ground going, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Do you remember that deal with her? I've got a lot of memories of that 2015 grand final. I stayed at the same – so we played in a curtain raiser for that game. The AIS played against like an Allies team at sort of 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock that morning. We stayed at the Pullman in um, – Albert Park. Yep. That's where the Eagles stayed. So they were staying there the night before the grand final. Pritter was, you know, me and Huey McCluggage were in the spa the night before. Pritter was down there doing his ice baths and came and sat with us and chat to us for 10 minutes, which really, when we were 17, we thought, how good is this? That's like, amazing. I remember Huey just having these big wide eyes and he, he honestly didn't stop smiling for two weeks afterwards. He was just so <laughs> happy. So, yeah, uh, yeah Pritter and, and Bunger flowed through the ice baths. Um, and, yeah, then we are Saw a few of the boys in the in the lobby the next morning looking a bit worse for wear as well. But, um, 
yeah, we went to the game and we sort of sat down there. We were sitting right behind where um, Brian Lake did that dying sm- diving smother. Mm. So on Josh Hill. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, on the yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good experience, obviously, now. Yeah. I would have wished that West Coast had a one, but <laughs> I mean, Luke, it Luke, led to greater things. Luke, Luke, Luke Hodge, what, what's he like? We, we, we've spoken to Xavier Ellis on the podcast. I've spoken to Matt Spanger on the podcast. Guys that would have spent time with him, but what, what was your reflection on him as a player and as a leader? He just came in. So he came in, obviously, from Hawthorne, and they'd been super successful, um, and he had a way in which he liked things done. Um and that was all right when you train, and uh, and, Sc- and Scoey and a few of the boys at West Coast are very similar. But he just when you train, you you train and mm. you train hard and you compete hard. You know when you're in the gym, you you do the same. Um, obviously, when you get your time away from the footy and you can have a beer, you have a beer, but it doesn't affect anything you do with your career or anything like that. So he was, yeah, he was pretty professional, very competitive, like had, had very similar traits to Scoey, but his leadership was just. Second to none, like on the footy field, his ability to lead. I didn't have to think for my first three years really because he would be telling me where to stand. So <laughs> it'd be a stoppage and he'd be like, with oh, two metres left, he'd be talking to Richie, Richie, right. Um, so you just had like this constant coaching in the back of your ear the whole time. And wow. there's no doubt that he helped progress my footy career in that in that aspect. And then just the way he saw the game and um, challenged people to be better. You know, during a game, he would see things that were happening that sometimes hadn't been even seen in the coach's box and he'd be able to like rectify that on the spot. So he had a lot of what ifs for scenarios because he'd just seen so much. But On-field coach gets spoken about. Is that what it like Yeah, it he was. Like? Yeah. And I, I haven't really seen anyone like him. Like everyone else leads in different ways. Um, also, as a midfielder, you're just around the ball. You're probably too puffed to be, to mm. be doing that all the time. But as a back, he just set people up. Um, very good at getting himself free. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, was a great organizer. And then even, you know, he was on his last legs, but he played a couple of finals in 2019. He was our best player in both finals. So just his ability to stand up in the big games and the big moments, um, would never get beaten in the contest. So yeah. Um, yeah. Great. He, um, he stitched you up one time after training. <coughs> I'm not sure. With, with, with a bit of a prank, um, during a team meeting. Do you remember this? No. Nah. Something under <coughs> your chair. I'll, re- I'll refresh your memory. Refresh it, Dan. You you stitched him up at a Mexican place. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. he paid you back with um with making you dance in front of everyone. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So It's been wiped from me, those <laughs> yeah, no, memories. I, 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 yeah. No, I do remember this now. Um, Mexican, um, you know, we we made it. It was in the preseason and um, – we just got them to start singing happy birthday and they bought out a tequila shot, so we had to do that. Um, <laughs> and then in a team meeting, uh, Fags used to go, all right, if you've got a yellow um, like a little sticky note under your chair, you've got to get up and, and dance. And he'd obviously teed it up with Fags, put it under my chair, which was set seats back then, wow. and I had to get up in front of the group and dance. And um, I think you either got to go all in <laughs> or not do it at all. So went all in and made a fool of myself. What did you do what you, like what? Well, I don't know where I'm going to there. Like Macarena, maybe. Like, what are you actually pulling? Uh, out? no, nah, I think I. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about it, but <laughs> oh, I just went the old uh, Magic Mike pony strip <laughs> dance on on him. So um, on Fags or, or Hodgie? Nah, or? not on Fags. On Hodgie, rig out that sort of stuff. Very uh, good. Like it, like it a lot. So that's Luke Hodge. Um, 
Yeah, another one. So, look, before you came to the footy club, and so we never got to play together because you got there the year I left, effectively. Yeah. One of the, I don't know. Hopefully you're not getting paid what I got paid. Um, might have even taken my spot down. I don't know. <laughs> nah. uh, I certainly didn't have my spot. But uh, I always watched you and thought you had a little bit of – just a little bit of white line favour. Yeah. Would you describe yourself in that fashion? Yeah, yeah. Can can definitely. Um, but you're a placid guy off the field. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking now? Yeah. pretty true. Yeah, I think once I start playing – and so, and sometimes it's it just – there'll be a moment in the game that'll just sort of trigger something – um, but yeah, I think as a backman, you've got to have that about you. Otherwise, you just don't survive. What did you do to Tom Lynch to make him smack you in the back of the head that time? Uh, I was chirping a lot, and we'd we'd played Gold Coast a lot um, in the previous years. And him and Harris used to have really good battles, and I'd sort of get up in his face and that sort of thing. And I was doing the same on that day. And um, as backlines do, you always put like a really good forward in in the gun as such so we'd just be working him over any chance we got you give him an elbow so um he was well within his rights to slam my head into the ground that day um <laughs> was that a, was it a big rivalry brisbane gold coast uh it was for a bit because we couldn't win again neither team could win a game so it was like all right we need to win this week right. um so yeah it was it was for both clubs i mean queensland didn't really care about it at the time and neither did anyone in the afl but for the, for both footy teams it was um i think Gold Coast haven't won for a, a bit like the Derby um, mm. a few years back. Like Brisbane have sort of had the wood over them for a while now. Mm. Compare that to West Coast Freo. You've played in derbies uh, over here. Yeah. So it was the Q clash Dif- over there. Q and clash, the derby yeah. Here. Very different. The media build it up here like no tomorrow, I'm sure, this week. Um, like we're, we're heading into a derby this week as we speak. But yeah. um, I'm sure post-game on Sunday there was already questions being asked about it to, to both coaches and – um, the West build it up, you know, the Channel 7 build it up. Back it's, chat. It's sort of back chat build it up. It's, <laughs> it's everywhere. Um, and then you obviously get 50,000 people there and Freo and West Coast supporters are very loyal supporters. So, yeah, it's a different, it's a whole different ball game. You can't really compare the two. Um, but on field, I'd say it's very similar um, in terms of the desire to win, the, the, the little rivalry. Um, Certain players you play against because you normally play them in a practice game. You play these teams three times a year, so you just have like guys that you play on all the time that you're just looking forward to trying to get out and, and beat every time. Are you immune to that media coverage in Brisbane and Gold Coast? Do you think in Queensland? Yeah, teams? It's, it's it's so different. Like it's two. I've had two completely different footballing experiences in in Brisbane. You just you're off Broadway, and we had a couple of years where we were pretty solid. I think we finished second two years in a row when I was there. And, um, you know, your bad performances don't get the recognition that your bad performances do here and your good performances probably don't either. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a completely different thing. Even when you go to um, cafes and that sort of thing, you don't have anyone bailing you up over there mm. um, unless you're probably Lockie Neal or 200 centimetres like Harris Andrews or something. Um, whereas here I think everyone sort of cops it to an extent. Um so yeah, it's been been eye opening coming here, but either way, it just is what it is. It's just a part of your life. Do you um <coughs> playing in Brisbane? Did you ever like take notice of the derbies over here? Does it seem like a big deal? Because for us over here, it seems like one of the biggest games of the year. But do you do, do players outside the state look over and be like, "Yeah, it's just another game"? Or no, I don't think so. I think um like you always envy 
those teams that get to play in those games. So over there, I'd look at, you know, the Derby, the Showdown, um, you know, Collingwood Nesson on Anzac Day. Like, you'd love to play in games like that. So we're pretty lucky as a football club to be able to have two games a year, regardless of whether you're good, bad or indifferent. You get mm. to turn up and have a, a massive crowd, a massive a massive game. And if you win, like, it, it just feels like a huge reward. So pretty mm. lucky. Um, get a drink, mate, while you're, <coughs> while you're coughing your guts out over there. Um, uh, so talking about um, Brisbane and looking on over here, so you traded at the end of Brisbane 2020. Um, but what's what's that process like getting traded from an AFL club? Yeah, it was it was strange. Um, end of twenty, I wasn't playing as much as I would have liked. They had sort of they'd sort of recruited a few a few guys like Archie, Birchall. Um, they'll look at getting a few others in. So, um, yeah, I just saw an opportunity with West Coast to come and have a fresh start. Felt like. They had a few older players going out, like yourself. Um, I think Jets, Jets was finishing up. Yep. Um, Shep was into his thirties, so just saw longer term there was there was going to be greater opportunity, and um, yeah, was really excited about the prospect of coming to West Coast. But it's tough because you're leaving your mates behind, you're leaving what's familiar, had a house, all that sort of stuff. So um, it probably wasn't as tough as guys that go to a club and say, I'm leaving, and then they say, no, you're not. Um, it was probably, they were like, I said I was keen to explore things, and they were like, okay, um, well, we'll see how where, where things lie and see if it works for us. And they were trying to get Danaher in, and, that, and they had other moving pieces, so it kind of worked for them as well, and then it worked for me. So it was, um, yeah, it was kind of, kind of mutually beneficial, um, which made it easier, but... Yeah, it was tough. And then my partner from Queensland, she moved over as well. So it was a big adjustment for her as well. A lot of guys um, want to move close to home, especially as you said, you you didn't want to leave Victoria at the beginning. So you, you moved as, probably as far away as possible from yeah. Victoria. <laughs> yeah, I know. Were you, was that was that part of your decision-making? Like was that, you know, you just really wanted a fresh start and get out of anything you knew? Yeah, I think it uh, – like there was a few opportunities back in Victoria, but West Coast was just the one that made the most sense um, in terms of what I wanted to get out of my football and um, obviously security and um, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So I think it just didn't matter. I was just keen to play footy and um, this was the best opportunity in a really good football club and I was really excited about coming here. Oh my god, sorry. <laughs> Alex sounds like, it sounds like he was choking put, up put, from um put, from put, just emotions. He's actually just put the drink bottle on your lap. I've, he's yeah, it's fine. You can have just put the drink bottle on. It's don't fine. be afraid to drink. He's okay. saying so many words. It's, just, it's okay. <coughs> well, like, Scoey knows that I love talking, if, so if, I just if, keep going and I can't breathe anymore. If um, <laughs> just I mean, breathe in between sentences. I mean, we don't have a sports drink sponsor at the moment, do we? I mean, put, put, no, it on, put it on this. Bring side. It. Put, put it over here fast, to start the shot a bit. If Gatorade yeah, does want to get involved with, with the show, we're happy to take yeah. uh, them on board. Gatorade times Dan? chat. Yeah, correct. I'm keen. <laughs> I, love, I love the um, Wallaby Gold Rush and I also like the- um, Do you like yellow? Oh, sorry, that's Powerade. We're talking Gatorade. I like- um, Yeah, well, like Gold Rush is- Gold well, Rush. It's yellow. Yeah, it's, it's yellow. nice. like mango. It's good. It's very good. Or grape So Gatorade. Wallaby Gold Rush is the orange or the yellow? Gold, gold Rush not, is not, orange. It's yes. not mango. Powerade. No, it's not orange flavoured. It's orange in colour, but it's like- Mango flavor. I think he's right. I think he is right. Yeah, it is. Mango Powerade. I'm sorry, Dame. I'm deferring it's, but to you it's, over there, it's, mate. it's Gold Rush. It's it's not orange flavor. Gatorade have orange. Powerade have. So, so what does Powerade have? Yellow. Yeah, lo, le, like lemon lime or whatever. Yep. 
They've got orange, which is orange. Yeah. Grape, which is delicious. They've got watermelon. So Water- watermelon's just, delicious. Just yeah. stay in yellow and orange. Is there a mango in between yellow and orange? Or are you just telling Two me- Two different that- drinks, mate. I know, He's I know, talking Powerade. I know. Is there three? Is there a yellow, a mango, and orange? Or is there just a yellow and an orange? I'm just, just one- a yellow and an orange. For Powerade? Mm, yep. Yeah. And you're saying the orange is like mango. Mango, yeah. What's yellow then? Just that's still just like lemon mm. lime or something. Yeah, yeah. Great chat. I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just pat it a little bit so Alex's <laughs> yeah. throat calms down a yeah. little bit. But like, I, I will like to take this offline with you. I, I don't agree with you. Just want you to know that. Alex has just backed me up and said, "I think he's I don't agree with you, either, Alex." <laughs> okay. Is your voice okay now? I'm seriously emotional. I'm just choking. Yeah, talking very about good. All this trade stuff. So yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, I kind of had the same questions about the West Coast movement, and I know it's sort of, you know, fresh start, but it pro- probably looking at the list, yeah, Jetto Schofield, um, Hearn's getting older, but he's still playing. Uh, Brad Shepard at the time is uh, All-Australian or coming towards that as well. So it was a strong back line. Yeah, it was, yeah. Did, did you did, like, did, did you look at it as a challenge? And, and th- rather than – I'm assuming you might have had opportunities at weaker back lines or – Yeah. I, I, I think, like most players, I thought – um, and Voz was, you know, a big a big part of the move. He said, "Craig Vozzo, yeah. GM of footy at the time, and yeah. is now CEO of Western Football Club." Uh, yeah, he's like, "You might not step straight into this team, so be aware of that." And I was, so I was aware of that. But I thought twenty mm. twenty West Coast had just lost the final. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what has happened? I don't know. Sorry, guys. No, don't apologize. <laughs> Do you need to be that that popped up? It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> do you want me to start again or just nah, keep going? Nah, you keep going, mate. Nah, um, People will be having a good chuckle you to cough in yeah. your lungs out. Uh, Alex Smith so removed so, from the day. <laughs> <laughs> lost yeah. a lung. It was, back uh, to our podcast. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely going to be a challenge. And I thought, I wasn't aware that you were done and Jets were done when I first had those initial yeah. conversations either. So I was, I knew that I was going to be probably, you know, just behind the eight or nine that were already there. Um, but I was willing to put in the work and try and go past those guys. And I thought long-term there'd be op- opportunity. Um, whereas at Brisbane, there was all guys younger or my age um, and that sort of thing. And then there, there were different moving pieces. And there was a lot of players similar to the way I played at Brisbane. Best thing about West Coast is fresh set of eyes, different coaches, different game style. I've learnt to play a completely different way over here and mm. developed so many different aspects of my game. Had I've stayed in Brisbane, I might not have because you just um, you kind of stuck with that original perception of what you are and what you can be. So I think that's been really good. Um, and yeah, and then obviously now I'm in a position where um, it, it's over to me to just secure that spot in the team and, and just keep doing my role each, each week. And you know what it's like here. If you can just play your role most weeks, you, you'll you'll keep getting a game. And if you can't, then you won't. But that's just the way it is. What are challenges of moving clubs? Like, what, what, what's hard? Uh, initially, the cultures were a little bit different. So there was a bit of an older culture here. Um, guys that had been around for a long time. So the, they had a certain way of doing things. Um, Brisbane was a very young, sort of vibrant group that you just come in and be yourself. And you'd be accepted for that. And there, there were some weird dudes at Brisbane. Like loved them, but like Reese Matheson, like shotgun, um, shotgun all the all the Matheson. weird stuff that he would do. Like Matty Eagles, um, Matty Eagles, the recruit, <laughs> the recruit. Um, do you know? 
Yeah, know? the recruit from the TV show. Mate, <laughs> we, we played them in the hub 2020. So yeah. we thought we were still went at Brisbane. Yeah. And Matty Eagles played and oh, I was battling it up in the in the twos where, and we would do these match simulations, much mm. like the one this year, but there was like nine on nine and you'd be on yeah. some back oval at Carrara, like just genuine dirt. Yeah. Anyway, one of the games was against Brisbane and Matty Eagles and – um, I spent the entire game in mind you, like it's genuinely a training session. It's not a game. Yeah, yeah. Lipping off at Matty Eagles, calling him the recruit. The recruit. <laughs> Mate, that was a pretty physical game. From Did you all play reports, that? No. no, I didn't. But yeah, there was from a all bit, reports, there was a bit of biff. And well, there's like there's nothing else to do. So it was like, no, we might as well fight these boys. There's nothing, yeah. you know, nothing personal. <laughs> but like, you're just stuck in a hotel with the same people all the time. So you see some new people. It's like, ah, let's go. Yeah. So um. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, so we had like a lot of weird dudes. So it was just like a bit of a weird culture. Mm. Um, like you just sort of embrace that. And then you came here and obviously there's a lot more external pressure and the, the football club was just run a little bit differently. And we had like really senior players that, you know, really professional and um, and that sort of thing and really detailed around what they did. So it was just a different sort of environment initially. And then now it's, now it's probably shifted. It's Brisbane are probably more the way that West Coast used to be and West Coast is probably the way Brisbane used to be because we've got a younger list. So it's just that cycle and just trying to fit into where the club's at at that time. Now we were asking about the away rooms and the home rooms because the away rooms at Brisbane are the worst in the AFL. And you don't yep. have to say that. I can say that. Shocking. Uh, is You've had experience in both. Yep. What What's the deal? So we used to uh, go to work every day. Our gym and stuff was at the Gabba. So it was a bit like the old Subi setup um, underneath the – the grandstand, you'd have like a gym and a team meeting room and a locker room and all that sort of stuff. And it was it was very old and outdated, very much like the away rooms are. And um, often there would be just this sewage leak, maybe from 2018 to 2020, <laughs> and you would just smell sewage all day, every it's day. It's in the home ones. In the home rooms. Oh, that's worse so than what you're talking about. you'd be about. doing gym and you'd be like, what's that smell? But we became so accustomed to it. It'd be like, oh. Just, like, I can't even smell it. And then you'd have people from outside go, what's that? And we're like, what's what? Like, we just became so accustomed to it over the years. Um, but we almost, like, loved it. It was like a badge of honour that we had these kind of crappy rooms and poor facilities and, um, you know, in, in summer we'd go train at six different ovals. You'd have your boots in your car. You'd have about 15 water bottles because you'd grab them from training and just throw them in the back. So you'd be lugging your gear around everywhere. Um so that was weird when I first got drafted, but I so I thought the home rooms were average, and then I played there in twenty twenty one in the away rooms, and they are shocking. It's like five different levels, none of it makes sense. <laughs> We're trying to do a warm up in the kick warm up area. There's like a four by four area of space with two massive poles in the middle. So it's just yeah, it's shocking, and you have to walk probably seventy meters to get from the change rooms to the kick room, which. Is a fair walk in change rooms. Do you remember your first game for West Coast? Yep, Friday night against Pies. Really big. Ad yep, Ad Optus. Ad Optus. Yeah, so there was fifty odd thousand there. And, wow. um, Did your family fly over for that? Yeah, they came over, and we had a good win. So um, that was a pretty special night as well. Um, big JD and Oscar kicked five each and jumper presentation. Yep, their family in the change room. Simo presented me with my jumper. So um, yeah. Good moment for the family. Did you get to pick your jumper number? <clears throat> yep, yep. So it took 23 because of Glassy and Jets and those guys that sort of come before me that were – Was 31 available? 
Uh, no, I think JJ had already taken that. Um, he swooped it up as soon as he left. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I hope you didn't turn down 31 for 23. I think, but I I think feel Harry like 20- Edwards tried to get in the 31, but yeah. it was already gone. I did hear that a rumour um, <laughs> that I may have started. Um, what about your first goal for West Coast? Um, Derby. And only goal for West Coast. Only goal for West Coast. <laughs> Derby. Um, he was at 21. Um, big Nathan Vardy, bit of forward half pressure, turned turn the ball over, wrapped around the back, nailed it from 55. It was a handball around the back? Handball around the back. It was a free kick and you got the handball. Turnover, he marked it. I ran around the back, got it, drained it from 55. Big kick. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it hit it sweetly. And we were um, we're down like 40 to 8 in the first quarter of that game. And the third quarter, we just got on this comeback and I kicked a goal that sort of put us within 20. We kicked a couple more, got within, you know, four points. So the crowd was just right behind us. So it was like a, yeah. It's a pretty big moment in the game, so it was. It probably carried on a bit, got the boys up and about, but we lost the game still. So yeah, not ideal. The carry on was <coughs> good though. Everyone got around you. Yeah, it was good. It was a great moment. Favorite, probably favorite moment on the field for West Coast individually. Um, yeah. Without without any being a win. With so, um. Oh, sorry. As a backman, and you have a first game, a kick a goal. Are you like ugh? You're like you got to run. Depends on way. the moment slash situation of the game. Um, Jaden Hunt kicked it from the goal line on the weekend. No way was I getting all the way down there. Um, we'd already celebrated. He was on the wing as well. Yeah. We'd already celebrated his maiden goal for the club in the Port Adelaide practice game. So tick that off. Um, <laughs> but Noah Long last week kicked one from the goal square and everyone got down there. And it's rare that Bunger gets down there, but everyone got to him. So there's just there's sort of different moments in the game. Yeah. Constitute different responses. Um, what, what are your reflections on... I, just, I feel like we're going to lose him, Dan. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll, no, 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 I'm all good. I just, as long as I can cough every three minutes, okay, the good. viewers. Put the cough filter on it. You won't, yeah. you won't hear a single cough. What's the, um, what's the, I don't know, what, what's the reflections on, on last year? Wasn't it successful ones for, for the footy club? Um, what, less about, I guess, the feeling and more um, about success, like, you know, not winning. What's the block like being around a footy club, not winning? That's what they are there for. Yeah, it was. It was definitely challenging at times. Um, it's something now that we've completely moved on from. We don't. We don't talk about last year much, other than the fact that we learn a lot about ourselves. But I think individually, it realised you realised how important winning is, and how, especially for your psyche, just the ability to come into the footy club after a win. You'd know, like the locker room's just a completely different place. Mm. So when you don't have that. It's finding different ways to, you know, get motivation early in the week. So um, we just doubled down on getting better. And that was, you know, extra fundamentals, um, extra recovery and professionalism just went through the roof. So we're like, all right, clearly there's a gap. And we, there was obviously reasons as to why we weren't performing the way we were. We had COVID and injuries and that sort of thing. But we just doubled down on professionalism and thought, let's be the best touch team in the comp so we'd do a lot of extra handballs and a lot of extra ground balls and an extra touch around the club so we we're coming in and doing extra extra sessions we'd do extra recovery found time to do extra weights and I think flowing into the off season and this pre-season that's held us in really good stead um, we're nowhere near where we want to be still at the moment but we think some of those habits that we're able to create by being losers by by losing last year 
has sort of flowed into our footy and guys like Jermaine Jones, which you saw on the weekend, played a really good game, has taken his game to a next level because of that. Mm. <clears throat> but a lot of other younger guys and middle-aged guys are also going to benefit from that. I think it's going to pay us back in the long run as well. You, you also played in the two wins last year. So there would have been a lot of guys last year that played a fair chunk of games that didn't even get to get a win. So you got to be there for those two, which is positive. I'm not sure I'm not sure he'll love me bringing this up, but Harry Edwards might hold the record for the longest losing streak for a West Coast player. In the history of the club. So look into that. Um, Thank you very much. We, we think it stands at 19 or something like oh, that. Oh, brutal. <coughs> he missed the – he missed – I think he played 17 games last year, missed both wins. Yeah, he did. So, yep. So he had four losses in at the end of 2021. Yep. And then 17. So, yeah, he's, well, that's. And he's still rolling. He's still rolling. Still, yeah, still an active streak. Wow. So. Congratulations, Harry, on the active yeah. streak. That's brutal. Yeah, that is brutal. You joined a run club, talking about getting more professional. You joined yep. a run club in the offseason. Yep. Yeah. So, spoke about you not being a good runner. Were you trying to become <coughs> a good runner or you just feel like it's. <coughs> help you drive into something different? Nah, I um, – so at Brisbane in my first two or three years, I was probably like a bottom six or seven runner there. Um, just saying I never did a lot growing up. Then had a lot of injury issues with my leg and my hips. and So I was just behind the eight ball. Um, then came to West Coast and sort of changed my body shape a bit. So I was, used to play at like 87 kilos and now I play at 80, 83. Um and then came here and saw like what some of our better high halfbacks and stuff do, and they're just good runners like Duggan and Cole and Nelson when he was playing, and um, just high work rate players, and that's kind of what's required of your high halfbacks. So thought it'd be something good to tap into. Um, the year before I was going to do it, but I had groin surgery, so I couldn't really couldn't do it then. But then I just went from a mid pack runner to I think I finished sixth or seventh in our. 2K this year and that Teacher. was strong. Big boy. Took uh took I think 35 seconds off my my PB. So holy shit. From yeah. what to what? Uh from 6.45 to 6.14. Wow. 6.14 is quick, Dan. Just uh for those playing along at home. So quick quickest ever is like 5.55 in terms of quickest I've seen. Yeah. Like um Jamie Cripps starts getting into those numbers. Matt Chris Marston's been down there, but you're not you're not getting much faster than five fifty five. Yep. yep. Twenty seconds off that pace. <clears throat> but yeah, good. and then oh, that that's that's the quickest ever. The the really good runners at football clubs are somewhere between six oh five and six fifteen, which is where Willow sits. Yeah. So very good. Was able to sort of knock off um yeah, thirty odd seconds there. What were you so, doing? Uh so I'd go down so I'd do the, the club's running program Monday to Friday. Um so Monday would be to West Coast West, West Coast, West Coast yeah. running program. Mm. So I won't go into details there, no. but do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday mornings down at Kings Park, do like a four k um, warm up jog, sort of. So like what a lot of runners do apparently. Mm. Then we'd do like a two two or three k like incline run at like sort of seven out of ten effort, and then we'd do um, the hill. So we'd do like four hundred up, two hundred down, two hundred up. Like three or four times. It sounds awful. Ballpark Hill on the grass there. Yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah. So all the running's elevated. That's hell. Um, hell. And then yeah. we'd finish with a with like a five hundred meter incline max effort. Um, and then you'd finish with a two k steady state to finish. So it'd be about 
11 to 12 k's and that sounds just awful it was it was pretty tough especially in october um (laughs) coming back from europe i went to europe with a few of the boys and uh i think the first session i did was the week after grand final day and um you know you've been away on holidays and everything else yeah reality check but (laughs) um as the week sort of flowed on and um yeah just found i got better and better and Put in a lot of work and got and got some reward and now it's sort of flowing into my footy. So it, yeah, it's good. Do you think that that will make you a okay? I know it'll make you a more a fitter player, but consistency. Like, do you think it'll make you a more consistent player? Is that what you hope? Yeah, I think so. I think the ability to like cover the ground these ga- these days is so important. It's become such a high transition game. Um, but what it does is when you're cooked, you're not as cooked as you used to be. So when you've got an important contest, you've still got that drive in your legs. Um, when there's like a ground ball on the wing that you need to win, you can get through the ball and you don't get knocked over because your legs aren't jelly. as cooked as jelly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a lot of players in the competition are, are sound contest players, but I think um, a lot of the really good contest players are just really fit because and they don't get as fatigued as other players and don't have those bad lapses in games so I think sort of ironed out any of those uh, for me um I had a dream team related question do, do, do you do you like you, you're a, you're a, you had a reputation of being a good dream team player as a Brisbane line and and probably as a West Coast team <coughs> I, don't, I don't think I had you in my team but I reckon I used to when you were do, do you yeah. as a player do, do you see any of that so, or, or like broadly more socials and either criticism or positive stuff or all the stuff in my DMs, I do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I get a lot of messages about AFL fantasy. It's it's a massive thing, and uh, we've got a comp at the club, so we've got sort of eight of us that play. Um, do you have yourself in your team? Nah, nah. Um, so yeah, it's, I do. I do see some of it. Um, What's your views over it all? Uh, I think it's good for. I think it's a good way to interact fans and that sort of thing, but. I mean, I don't understand the whole messaging players, and I mean, it it's not. I don't. I don't think it's that important. But um, yeah, it's a good way to have like banter with your mates and and um, and test your your footy knowledge and understanding and that sort of thing for for everyone that's out there playing. Are but, you someone that can um, turn off the external noise? So you're talking about people messaging you. Are you someone that can turn that off and ignore it, or do you do you cop it? Uh, use early days, not really, but I think the way I play <coughs> at times being in and out of a team as a sort of fringe player, if you play a bad game, you know, you can get ribbed for it or whatever. So I think I've learned to just not read anything. Um, got like West Coast muted on a lot of stuff. Um, got like, I, I enjoy Twitter for cricket. I love my sport and cricket and golf and all that sort of stuff. So my own name and everything just have muted, so I just can't see hmm. see any of that stuff. Um, That's interesting. But and it's not not like I'm shying away from anything, but it's just I just don't need it. Like it's yeah. not important. Um, people are allowed to have their opinion and are entitled to have their opinion, whether it's right, wrong, whatever. Good, bad, ugly. That's right. I don't, and it, if you play well, you don't need you don't need the pats on the back on social media. If you play poorly, you don't need the negative comments. So I can't um, imagine you're out there like. You know, there's a contest. You're like, oh, Jezza forty five really wants me to win this. So nah, I'm gonna nah. dig in. <laughs> nah, there's not there's none of that. And I think you learn as you get older. All that really matters is what you coach, and 
line, your senior coach, your line coach, and your teammates think of you. Mm. <coughs> Whereas I reckon in my first two or three years, I'd go, oh, geez, wasn't that bad, was I? Because, you know, Simon Hick underscore 94 from <laughs> Ballarat said that I'm soft. Jeez, <laughs> uh, am I soft? And that's what you think about when you're 19. But, yeah. you know, now it's whatever. What, um, it's probably the last one for me. What, 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 what drives you? Like, what, what drives you as an athlete or as a West Coast Eagle? What, what motivates you? I think, I think it's still just to win a premiership. Um, I'm lucky and envious at the same time of guys like yourself, but guys like Sheeter and Gov and Tommy Cole and, and guys at the footy club that have won a flag. And every day, like, you see their names on the locker with a little premiership logo next to it. And that that just drives you to want to be one of those. And um, the West Coast premiership players are just royalty um, to the footy club. They get looked after seriously well. And they're all really well connected to the footy club still. So to be a premiership player for West Coast is still still the dream. It's a childhood dream I've had. Um and I think that's the overarching goal. And I think you have little goals within that that help you achieve that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so like getting fitter and that sort of stuff or those, those little measurables that help you achieve that that team success that, you know, hopefully I can have a little little eagle on my ankle like everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> or, on your sh- or on your shirt, like Dan. Yeah. yeah uh, true. Um, you got anything else for though before we get to the really big segment? Of this no, let's do it. Podcast? Let's go straight in. All right, social media. We know what that's about. <laughs> We've just spoken about you interacting with people, but this isn't social media. This is social media. You're welcome, Witho. Uh, social media where we bring you the questions from the fans. You've heard enough from Dan and I. This is where the real shit gets into it. I'm not starting with that one. Yep. We can come back to that sure. at the end. <laughs> T underscore dizzy double underscore. Is there something that you suck at that you wish you were good at, like dancing or cooking? Or not those examples. Or, or <laughs> other things. Um, I, I wish I was just really technol- technologically savvy. Like I wish I could do coding or yeah. or like a really good gamer or something like that because there's so much money in that these days and – Seems like a pretty good way to live your life. So I wish I was good at that stuff. And you poor tech, tech. I can't say that word either. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah. Bad like with just, technology. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Moderate. Very so-so. Like I can use, I do uni and uni and I do. So you know, Word, but yeah, Microsoft Word and PowerPoint and all that sort of stuff. Use PowerPoint. Email. Yeah. <laughs> but my girlfriend's an investment banker and she, um, she has all these different codes up and she's just pumping out Excel spreadsheets and. Yeah. It's a different world. The Matrix. I can just imagine with those pieces, like numbers flowing down. <laughs> she's, got, she's got like the laptop there with the two screens up there and the mouse monitor. flowing everywhere. So. Dual monitor. Brilliant. We like that. Yeah. We love that actually. Oh, Marty, that's his benchmark for like dual monitors. Yeah, uh, dual monitors. Look, look, with those rolled out Microsoft Word and PowerPoint, I think yeah. we've established the level yeah. of technique. I can't say. I, I'm not going to say that word again. It's fine. M- Marty Mud Crab 6. Um, who has the worst post-goal song at the Lions? And I, I'm going to add it myself. What was yours while you were there? Um, mine was a Fred again song. I can't remember which one I picked though. Right, right. So just pause that question. We'll come back on that. Seb Vanders asks, as an admirer of Fred again, I hope you see some snags from you in 2023. Um, who was the brains behind adding songs to goals at home games in 2023? And what teammate do you fear most when in charge of the pregame 
pump up music. Um, so I don't know who was in charge. I think it was the um, media team that were in charge of um, getting music. Was there music after the goals on the weekend? I don't think don't so. I don't, but I've seen a list of your Yeah, yeah, songs. I saw that too, but I don't recall it being there on the weekend. I don't either. Um, I have to investigate that. Yeah, no, I've got <laughs> a Fred Again song. I just can't remember which one I picked. I just got caught up in the, the January Fred Again hype. Um, Bit of carry on from you by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <sighs> Jamie Cripps on the on the tunes, no good. Um, <laughs> who else? Jai Cully. No good. I mean, um, Luke Shuey's been running it for years, and he could, I couldn't really say he's very good either. Yeah, we got a little committee together. Duggo sort of headed music up. committee? Headed up. Yeah, music committee pre-game. <laughs> so it was Duggo, myself, Coley. Wow. And Roth, Jake Waterman. So you removed, you removed Luke Shuey? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, we took control. Yeah, there was – the, the two years I was here, it was just the same tracks running over and over. And oh, yeah. Tried 10 years before that. Never changed. So, yeah, we got, we got a few new beats this year, which is good. I know Charlie Cameron, because when I was watching the game <coughs> this weekend, they played Country Road three or four times. Quite Like, it's really loud. The, the well, Brisbane they normally play it when he kicks a goal. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're still definitely rolling it out. Right. Well done, Gabba. Um, well, there's, there's always conflicting views on that because they did it in the finals last year and I saw there was a lot of backlash about really? music in between goals. So. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of it. I'm not sure if we really need music rolling out. Like, there's 50,000 people carrying on. There's just been a goal. We don't – Yeah. Do you? You're looking at me like you want music. I mean, go down to the 2020, the mate. Right there's fireworks and there's fucking all the carry-ons. That yeah, if the it. right song came on and you were 12 beers deep and someone kicked an amazing goal, you'd be up and about. Did we right. miss it on Saturday, Sunday? I don't, I don't I don't yeah, see, so. I don't know. Electric feeling at the cl- uh, the, at the ground yeah. without the music, I think. <laughs> um, now, Benjamin Fox 91 asks. What's the strangest thing you've heard someone say on the footy field? It's <sighs> a hard question to answer. Those are, those are but there hard would questions. be some strange no, things. Any good sledges? You've heard Hodgie roll anything out? You, got, I mean, you would have given Dane Zorko was a former teammate of yours. I'm just like trying to prompt things here. Yeah. Um, Mitch Robinson seems like he'd be the sort of guy that would say weird stuff on the field. Oh, he'd just say aggressive stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> Not a lot of wit coming o- out. Overly aggressive. Shout um, out Robbo, by the way. I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, Rob- Robbo's a good man. Um, good family. But I can't even remember any of um, the best sledges that I've heard. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of it going around these days anymore. A lot of people are mates within the competition. Soft. And, um, soft. I would describe them as soft. You look so Yeah, excited. I know. <laughs> but – like even in our backline, like the guys still refer to Scoey as the one that would do that. So I don't know who really does that for us anymore. We though never had the pleasure. There. Um, <laughs> Talking West Coast Eagles, us. Ah, uh, sorry, I thought you were, that was a sentence. Um, which teammate do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> uh, or did you want to be? You were a North Melbourne fan growing up. Yeah, I loved Glenn Archer growing up, um, uh, and. Guys like uh, Brent Harvey and Shannon Grant and, um, you know, obviously had Simo there as well. Um, Is there any sort of montage to former Geelong College athletes that have made a big time in the AFL? Is there there any sort of remembrance for people that come out of there? Yeah, your name was always thrown around. I would have liked to have thought Um, there was something back at the other. I mean, I'm I'm sure sure that... Kulbinia High would have Dan Conn's... Kulbinia Bombers. No, yeah, well, I'm talking about schools. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure. So something of Dan Conn's up there, maybe. There was, Probably not. I'm there sorry. was always a, a an eye kept on yourself and Ed Kerno and those sort of guys when I was, you know, year seven, year eight, because you always go, oh, those guys 
played here. Did you play with Charlie Kerno? Yep, yep. Played two or three years with Charlie. Um, Was he older or younger or the same year? Year older, yeah. So played at Falconsy and played at Geelong College. Was he a beast back at school? So he was fat, like <laughs> like chubby, and he wouldn't he wouldn't care me saying that because um, he just didn't grow into his body until he was maybe year ten or eleven. Weren't you a bit chubby? Yeah, yeah, I was chubby until about two years ago though. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was just chubby and didn't grow into his body, and then like had a growth spurt, and then just came out. And I remember one first college game he just kicked five out of nowhere and then just like rapidly went up the recruiting draft boards but he's um those kernos are blessed with elite athletic traits tappy 95 finish him off how does wither like his his eggs cooked sincerely the egg man (sighs) poached yeah a little bit runny really yeah a little bit runny okay yeah i've got one more question before okay, we finish, yeah, I'll allow it. Does the shin bone of spirit still live within you? <laughs> uh, it didn't last weekend, that's for sure. I was, um, yeah. yeah, no, no shin bone of spirit anymore. There you go. You done, mate? Cool. Did you have fun? Had fun. Did you did you cough your lungs out? Yep. I um, can't wait to get home and drink a gallon of water. Very good. <laughs> uh, that's Alex with it and everybody. You can follow us on socials, backchat double underscore. Uh, find everything you need to do over at Backchat Podcast com.au sign up as a patron if you want to hear the exclusive chat we're about to have with Weirdo that goes up on patron uh, Patreon only. Never said that right in my life. All of this, big thanks to Fleet Network. Um, Backchat, of course, powered by Fleet Network this yes. year. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Thanks to our sponsors, our partners, Swimply, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Mugger River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., and, of course, Leadable Cameras. I think I'm done. I'm out of yeah. breath. I need a drink too. Yeah.